Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. You know, uh, this morning we're going to continue in our journey to explore our identity, the identity that we, that we have in God through, through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. In our first look, we, uh, we saw that uh, every person that has ever been born, except Jesus, and I guess Adam and Eve, have been born with a sin nature that causes us to sin and therefore makes the enemy of God, Satan, our father. Now, I know that's a bitter pill to swallow, but that's, uh, I mean, that's what, that's what the Bible teaches. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, it says that we, that we are by nature children of wrath. Right, And Jesus said in John chapter 8 that, that uh, he said of those that, uh, that were unbelievers, Jesus said that their spiritual father was Satan. But the good news is that God in his mercy and his love made a way for that relationship that Adam and Eve lost for us to be restored through the person of Jesus Christ his son. God the Father sent Jesus to restore what was lost, a right relationship with the Father. John chapter 1, verse 12. And I know that I have, I'm going to read these same verses every week until the Lord changes my mind. But in John chapter 1, verse 12, we read, But as many as received him, that he came to his own, and his own received him not, speaking to the person of Jesus, but as many as received him, you remember that word is the word lambano, it's to seize, it is to grab a hold of. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who trust in his name. You trust in the name of Jesus. Kind of brings me to our kind of our theme passage, or my theme passage at least, for this uh, identity uh, passages or sermons that I'm going to preach. To those who have trusted in His name, He has granted the Holy Spirit to indwell us. What a glorious gift that is. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17 said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, little s, our human spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. My prayer today is that the 
Holy Spirit, big S, bears witness with your spirit, little s, that you are a child of God. And if he does not, then I pray that the Lord would speak to your heart today and that you would give yourself to him, that he may indwell you, that you may be part of the kingdom of God. So we are discovering and studying and remembering what it means to be a child of God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. And, and can I just tell you, the, the, I mean, this is a deep, deep well. And the, the more that I read it and meditate on it and study it, both the more I understand and the more I don't understand. And, uh, you know, but it's glorious. This identity that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord of being a child of God is glorious. And, and for the most part, it is so simple. It's so simple. Last week, we looked at Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The verdict of guilty... No payment due for our sin, past, present, or future. Jesus paid the price for all of them. As I told you, it doesn't mean that we're without sin, for we know that we are. We know, Wayne, that tomorrow we will probably sin. But in our confession, there is forgiveness. 1 John 1, 8-10 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This morning in our men's prayer time, and uh, there's several of us that meet at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday mornings, just spend uh, some time praying. And if you would like to come and be a part of that, then we would invite you to do that. But one of the men this morning said, well, preacher, are you going to stomp all over our toes this morning? And some of you think that's funny. Um, and I just said, no, absolutely not. No toe stomping this morning. No toe stomping this morning. This morning we're going to we're going to explore a truth that is so simple. But it comes out of the, the, the simple truth that for those of us who have trusted in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that God is our Father. That God is our Father. What a simple, simple truth. And can I just tell you that as a child of God, your Father loves you. And not only does He love you, but He is intimately approachable to you. It's simple, right? Almighty God, creator of all of heaven and all of earth, sovereign of the universe, loves you, and he welcomes you to come into his presence. Now, I know 
that uh, preaching on the love of God is a deep, deep thing that, that really you could probably preach a lifetime of sermons about it and not understand everything that it means. But, but there is a passage of Scripture that has captured me this way. Not a passage, a single verse that has captured me this week that I want, that I want to capture I want it to capture you as well. And it's 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And it simply says this. It says, Behold, behold, see, know, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children. NIV version of it. If you have that Bible, oh my goodness, it's so good. It says in, in the New International, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I want you to just to let that soak in just a little bit. It, I mean, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes to, even, to, to just think about it. I mean, I've been meditating and thinking about it all week, but how great is the love of the Father has lavished on us, has lavished on us, has given us just over and over and wave upon wave. He has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Oh, child of God, it's your identity. It's your identity. You know, this week a uh, preacher died. A uh, preacher that I liked, Arthur, uh, name's Tim Keller. Some of you probably heard of him, listened to him preach, read his books, whatever. Um, I've really enjoyed over the last, I don't know, 20 years, listening to him and reading his books, what I believe at least to be a tremendous man of God. Died, died of uh, pancreatic cancer at the age of 72. And, uh, and that made me sad. Made me sad. You know, 72, that's not that far away for me. <laughs> Closer for some of you. Past for some of you. You know, and it's really not, it's really not a fear of dying or, or any of that kind of stuff, but it's just like, you know, why, why take a man that was so impactful for the kingdom of God, you know? I mean, we, don't, we won't ever understand these things. But, you know, but as I, was, as I was reading a little bit more about him, and of course, you know, every Christian preacher had something to say about you know Tim Keller and his influence and his passing and and all of that kind of stuff but one of my sons and they they liked Tim Keller as well we've talked about him and they knew it as well and one of our one of his one of his uh, quotes that he had I just want to I want to read it to you I, I understand this is not scripture 
but it plays right into what I want to preach about, the love of God, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Tim Keller says this. He says, to be loved but not known. To be loved but not known. You know what, you know, I mean, you get what that means, right? I mean, for somebody to say that they love you or to love you, but they don't really know you, right? It's comforting. But he said, but it's superficial. And, you know, I, I get that. You know, we understand that. And then he said, and to be known and to not be loved is our greatest fear. That, I mean, isn't that the truth? You know, for, some, for people to know us as we really are and, and then to be shunned or to whatever. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, it's, uh, that would be a greatest fear. So to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is what it's like to be loved by God. It's what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense. It humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. To be fully loved and truly loved. Excuse me. To be fully known and truly loved is what it is to be loved by God. That the one who knows everything about us Every thought, every misdeed, every future sin of tomorrow, Wayne, knows everything about us and says, you are truly loved. I tell you, that ought to well up in your heart a praise to our almighty God. God knows us. And he loves us. We are his children. And he is our father. I want to spend some time just talking about a few passages of scripture. Bear in mind, <coughs> excuse me, bear in mind the simple <coughs> truth of today, right? Behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 say this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which trans all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see the promises that prayer, petition, thanksgiving, intimacy, with God your Father, frees us from anxiety and brings peace. Amen. You know, it's, I mean, I, I know these are, these are uh, well-known verses, but I just want us to, to catch a new grasp of the love of God 
Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to your Father, dear child of God. You know, it's not something that's profound or new. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 84 said this, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And you know, the psalmist had, had no idea of the indwelling Holy Spirit and what it would actually mean to be a child of God. And yet, he says that. No good thing will the Lord uphold from those who walk uprightly and blessed is the man who, who trusts in you. You know, the writer of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and, and we've, you know, it's a popular it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And it says this, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you know who sits on that throne of grace? It's your father, dear child of God. It's your father. You know, uh, I probably told an illustration or story before, but illustration was told of a little boy that was walking around outside the gates of the palace. And uh, he told the guards, I want to go see the king. They said, son, you can't, you can't go see the king. And uh, so he, you know, just kind of stomping around and told him two or three times, I want to go see the king. You can't go, you can't go in to see the king. Pretty soon a man walked by that recognized him and he said, son, what's the matter? And he said, I want to see the king. And he said, well, come on, let's go. So the man ushers him in before the king. And the king says, son, what can I do for you? You see, we, that is our position as a child of God before the King of kings and the Lord of lords of all the universe. We are children of God whom he does not shun from his presence. He welcomes us into his presence and he says, Child, what can I, what can I do for you? The world will tell you, you can't go before the king. 
There may be other believers or family members that would say, oh, you can't, you can't talk to God like that. You can't ask God for that. Can I just say, dear child of God, you can ask the king for anything. Bill and I were talking about that a little bit this morning, in fact. Talking about a friend that's going through some stuff, you know? It's like, I don't know how to pray. Well, pray your heart, brother. Ask the king, child of God. Ask the king. I want us to look quickly at a couple of passages in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is, you know, it's part of the Beatitudes. And the part that I'm going to talk about is, is what's called the, the model prayer. Right? Now, I, I will tell you that it's awful hard to preach this passage without preaching just about prayer. But here's, here's what I want us to think. I, continuing in the theme of our Father, I want us not to focus so much on the, you know, don't be like this. That'd be stomping on your toes. Right? But I want, I want us to focus on what Jesus was teaching his followers, his disciples, me, you, I pray, about their Father. Think about the Father, my Father, your Father. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. I don't think I have them on the screen, but if you'd like to turn there, you can, or if you'd just like to listen to me. Jesus is teaching, and he says, and when you pray, first indicative, when, not if. <laughs> not if you, I told you I wasn't going to preach on prayer, but that's going to be one thing I've got to say. It's not, it's not if, it's when. Child, children talk to their father. I pray you talk to your father, your heavenly father. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father. Intensely personal for these disciples. He didn't say, you go pray in my name, or you go pray to my Father. He said, go pray to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father, your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, but listen to this truth of the Father. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. I can't let that go either. Even though God knows what's on your heart, Jesus instructed him to pray. Pray to your Father. Pray to your Father. And he said, pray like this. Our Father, our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray the will of God. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Pray for sustenance. Pray for provision. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us our trespasses. Or forgive us our sins. Think about 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we confess, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus was teaching the same thing. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Your Father, your Father, my Father, whom has adopted me as one of His children because of my trust in His Son, His kingdom, He has all the power, He has all the glory. Oh, child of God, do you see your identity? Oh my goodness. I got to hurry. Verse 25, that same passage in Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> he goes on to say this. He says, therefore, because of all that, because of who your father is, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You're not just a child of God. You're a valued child of God. It's your identity. Verse 28 says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, though you have little faith? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things? What's he talking about? All the things in life that cause us worry. All the things of life that we need, all the things of life that we deem important, all of those things. Jesus said, your Father knows. He knows all those things. He knows all those things. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of of God. And that is what we are. A little further down in Matthew chapter 7, it's the same sermon that Jesus is preaching. He says this. He says, ask and it will be given you. Seek 
and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. This is not about, this is not about salvation. This is not about knocking on the, on the door. of. This, this is about praying. He goes on to say, What man is there among you who if his son asked for bread would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish would give him a serpent? You then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus says, How much more will your Father in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him. You know, it's, it's interesting, I think. I think it's a little odd that, that twice in that Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, Jesus reiterates to these believers that, that God knows. He knows what you need. He, he knows what you're going to ask for. He knows. But, but then in Matthew 7, he says, how much will he give good things to those who ask him? Folks, we are, even though our heavenly Father is, is good, how great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. But we are still to be intimately Involved in a relationship with our Father through prayer. Through prayer. Prayer and the Word. Is how we're, we are going to relate to a God that loves us more than we can imagine. A God that knows us and loves us unimaginably. If you're a child of God, your identity you are loved by the father and you are invited to come before his throne for whatever you need oh can I tell you dear brothers and sisters it doesn't get any simpler than this it doesn't, it doesn't get any simpler than that and if, if you're here today and, and you are not Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.